Before we get into today's podcast, this is a really good time for you to hit us on our socials. My Twitter is going to be Justice, T-H-A, Poet. That's Justice the Poet. Instagram is at Only Poetic Justice. And TikTok is at Entangled Thoughts Pod. We are trying to bolster our numbers for the live show, and this is a great way to do so. Thank you for your patience. And now, let's get right into the show. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> uh, we just going to get right into it. So, completely unrelated. But I just had a phone call with my sister. My sister is wildly perceptive. I hate it. But then again, she is a 34-year-old woman. She didn't live life. She, she like, I was call. I called up my sister earlier. She didn't respond, but then I just like I called her. She called me back like just like a couple minutes ago, and then I was like, "Hey, I just want to meet with you. Got some things to talk about. I want to get your advice on this, that, and the third. She goes, <laughs> she, she says something that pertains to what I want to talk to her about, and then I'm like. <laughs> In my mind, the J. Cole music start playing. She knows. She knows. <laughs> she, my older sister is crazy perceptive. I hate it. Why are you so perceptive as a, as a 34-year-old woman? You on edge. Damn, gango. <laughs> Let's get into this fucking pod, boy. <laughs> um, this is how I'm feeling this week. This is how I'm feeling. Now, if y'all know the words, I want y'all to rock with me for the one time. Because I'm, I'm on my gritty shit. Uh. Uh. Since a young and I was dreaming of getting rich. <laughs> Look at me, my nigga. Fantasize about a white picket fence. With some trees, my nigga. Used to want a pathfinder with some tents. That's all I need, my nigga. Those 20s on that bitch and get it rinsed. But now I see, my nigga, that the world's a lot bigger ever since. Pick up the paper and they say, my nigga, they call the body, I'm convinced. Anybody is a killer, all you gotta do is push them to their limits. Small town nigga Hollywood dreams. I know that everything that glitters ain't gold. I know this shit ain't always good as it seems. But tell me till you get it, how could you know? How could you know? How could you know? Listen up, I'm about to go get rich. 
Fuck with me, my nigga. We gon' suck around the villa and hit a lick. Got some trees, my nigga. Get some powder, bag it up and make a flip. You gon' see, my nigga. One day we gon' graduate and cop a brick. And that's the key, my nigga. Listen up, I'm about to go and get rich. Stand back and watch if you want to, nigga. Me, I want my pockets fat, I'm bad a bitch. Tired of seeing niggas fly, I wanna fly too, nigga. Watch the rollers in the fucking crown fit. Trying like a nigga up, that's what they don't do, nigga. Wanna know a funny thing about this shit? Even if you let them kill your dream, it'll haunt you, nigga. Haunt you. Last night I had a bad dream. That was trapped in the city, then I realized this really such a bad thing. I wanna run around, I wanna be another nigga that never had things. I guess not. Last night, we pull up on a nigga at the light, like. Nice watch. Run it. Hands in the air, now. Hands in the air, run it. Hands in the air, now. Hands in the air, now. Hands in the air, run it. Hands in the air, now. Hands in the air. He went crazy on this track, and then he put this, put this out, this interlude in there. Forgive me for my childish ways I look outside and all the clouds are gray I need your hand to take me miles away Your wish is my command, my command, my command But before you go I've got to warn you now Whatever goes up surely must come down You'll get your peace, but no peace won't be found. So I just take me now, take me now, take me now. Your wish is my command, my command, my command. All right. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of The Entangled. Thoughts Podcast, it's your favorite promiscuous boy, Poetic Justice, here as humbly as I can. And this is the podcast where there ain't no hoes, but we do think out loud. Yes, yes, yes. If you're listening to this on the streaming platforms, go ahead, give us a full five-star rate. And review what that does It helps us move up in the algorithm Helps us get discovered by more podcasts And puts us on the map I'm trying to blow up next year I realize that this year is not my year For the for for blowing up Next year, year three We gonna, we gonna get big We gonna get big I, I feel it, I feel it in my bones Feel it in my spirit My spirit uh, Also go check out our YouTube channel It's gonna be YouTube just type in Poetic Justice. I don't have my own tag yet. We we getting there. We getting there. We're almost a couple of subscribers away. So if you want to go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel, the link is going to be in the description. Do that for me. Guys, it's a great way for you to support our podcast. Another great way for you to support our podcast is, guys, let me tell you about a place. 
place that's free of judgment, free of scrutiny. Join the Patreon, guys. For just a dollar a month, you get access to about 30-plus bonus podcasts. And on these bonus podcasts, we speak free of the lip without regard or reservation for what is might said. I'm starting, I think I'm going to start posting the Patreon uh, episodes on the main on the main podcast stuff, but it's going to be uh, locked because Anchor just have this new this listener support feature. So, like, you can support us, and then you'll get access to those episodes. But it is going to be a little bit more than the Patreon. I'm gonna do the listener support feature for like five dollars. So, do that uh, if you want to get um, access to the all the copious amounts of uh, bonus content that we have on the uh, Patreon. And the Patreon, you'll still Patreon members, y'all still get the uh, full, the full like bonus podcast episodes. But I'm gonna turn the Patreon into like a behind the scenes source hub place where you can really check out the content that we're doing, like photo shoots, etc. Stuff like that. I'm gonna make it an all purpose um, hub for for content for the uh, for the entangled thoughts. So. Do that for us, guys. It's great. It's the number one way that you can support the boy. <sighs> why? Why a tale of two cities? Well, other than being, other than being a fantastic fucking coal song, this week I was tested. I was tested mentally, and I was almost tested physically. So. For the unknowledgeable, first of all, my car broke down. Uh, just, just, just. I'm gonna just throw that out there. My car broke down. I've been a little bit fucked up mood because why did my car break down? I don't know. I it was working fine last week, but now it's just it's it's struggling. It's struggling. Hate it. Hate it for me. Limits my mode of transportation. But you know, fuck it. We live in. We out here. Bigger and better. And maybe that's God telling me that I don't need to be driving right now anyway. Anyway, beside the point. I have a job. Right? My day, for those of you who don't know, I do work a day job. I do have a life outside of potting. But um, my day job, I work as a bartender. It's a new spot. Just opened up. It's in the city. So, whilst bartending, first of all, I have to describe this place before I tell you why I went off. And this is not the story. I got a, I got another thing for the story, but it relates to the story. So, the GM of this place is a very stern guy. I get it. We've been training for almost basically two months now. The store just opened up literally two weeks ago. A week and some change ago. We'll say that. A week and some change ago that this store just opened up. Okay, fucking fantastic. Uh, As a bartender, my job is just to make drinks. And obviously take care of the incoming orders that we have inside inside my sections. So... With that being said, again, training two two weeks. I mean, training for at least two months. 
been training for at least two months. What we're not going to do is the constant. He he likes to micromanage everybody, and the way he does things just doesn't agree with me. I don't like it because, for example, I'll be making a drink, and he'll be like, "What did you put in here?" I'm like, "I'm like, okay, I get it. You trying to test me, and like, it's to my best ability. I try to answer uh, questions without looking at our little cheat sheet." Then he's like, "No, use the cheat sheet." And I was like, "Okay, okay, use the cheat sheet." I was like, "I put it." A, B, and C in here. And he was like, it, it doesn't look right. Okay. Uh, finished the making drink. I finished making the drink, and he was like, yeah, this is wrong. I was like, I don't know how the fuck it's wrong, because this is what the recipe says. Is that math math into y'all? Because it's math into me. If you say one plus one equal two, and you tell me it's wrong, and say the answer is three, I'm going to look at you like you fucking crazy. Because that's not how math works. The math ain't mathing. So I hand him the a cheat sheet, and he goes like, "Yeah." He he remakes the drink. He was like, "Ah, oh, that's better." Literally changes two or three things. I was like, "Okay, cool, great." I see what you did there, but that's not what's in the recipe. You fucking up the recipe, and depending on how how you fuck up the recipe, it could change one the taste of the drink. And two, DABC might be on our asses. Like, just put that out there. So, if you want this updated, I I think you should update this list. You should change it because it needs to be changed. We've told him this for the past month. That if these drinks are wrong, you need to correct them. Because if they're wrong, we're making them a certain kind of way. And we're learning them a certain kind of way. Y'all get where I'm coming from. If it's wrong, then we're doing it wrong. It's going, it's going to fuck over the customer. It's going to fuck up the TABC. That's going to fuck us over. And the people who've trained to become bartender, that's going to fuck them over too. So this needs to be changed. Didn't change it. So this past week, I was at work doing my due diligence. Actually, yeah, I was at work doing my due diligence. Totally unrelated. But this is what... Through fuel on the fire, if you will. Some customers come in. They sit down. I give them a whole welcome, welcome whatever bullshit. Get they drinks. For some reason, we've ran out of pins at this place. There are no pins in the entire building. Okay, that's fine. I'm resourceful. I have a phone in my back pocket. I'm going to just pull that fucker out. Take, take down their order and transfer over to the POS. Okay, cool vibes. He walks by while in front of the my, while I'm in front of the guest, and goes, "Why you have your phone out?" Wrong button. Which? What you mean? Do you not see what I'm doing? I'm literally taking their order. Nigga, fuck out of here! And he's like, "Oh, oh my bad, my bad." He walks away. Okay. Now I hated that the guest saw my my visceral reaction. Like, nigga, what? What the fuck? Mind you, mind the business that pays you. Type shit. That's all that. That's all that. Have, that's all we have to do. Mind the business that pays you. This is a one. 
this is an A-B conversation going on right now. If you're not included, stay the fuck out of it. If I need assistance, I will ask you. But do I need assistance right now? No, nope, I'm good. So stay in your fucking lane. That's how I'm feeling about it. So, interaction with the guest ends, whatever, cool, great. Next day, I go to work. Whatever, we doing the thing. Some tickets come in for some drinks. I'm making them. Because that's what I do. I'm a maker. For some reason, our system is a little bit fucked up. So ticket people will be putting in tickets and they're not coming out. Or if they do come out, they'll come out significantly later. So like this girl rung in this ticket at like 6 o'clock. And that hoe didn't come out to 6.40. So I told one of the other managers, I was like, hey, yo, look. The system is fucked up. We need to fix this. This came out at 6.04. Pulled out my phone. Like, hey, yo, look, it's 6.40. There's a discrepancy here. The same manager, the GM, mind you, he pulls out. Like, why do you have your phone out? What the fuck are you talking about? Were you not? And he's directly in front of me. Like, were you not listening to what the fuck I just said? Is the math not mathing? Because let me know. Now we'll add this hoe up together. Because it's mathing to me. One plus one equals two. Two times two equals four. You over here throwing in algorithms and shit. Don't like that. Why are we doing that? Hmm. So. Out of sheer frustration. I'm like, nigga, did you not listen to what I just said? And he was like, but you still shouldn't be on your phone. I'm not on my phone. I literally opened this hole up to show the time. You want me. Long story short, I snapped on the gym. I I was like, nigga, leave me the fuck alone because you bugging right now. You is bugging right now. He was like, why, why, why are you being so aggressive? And I'm like, nigga, fuck out of my face. I do not want to talk to you right now. Fuck out of here. I told him, I told him that straight up. Told him that straight up, gang. Didn't like it, but like, he pushed me to the edge, bro. Like, why are you up in, all up in my business? Why are you all up in here? Don't want that in life. My, again, mind the business that fucking pays you. You're not a part of this, so stay out of it. Okay? Okay, cupcake. But, like, little story short, this shit got me hot. Like, I, I, I dead ass posted up to him, and I was like, what's up? We can get the scrapping right now. What's up? I'm, I'm, <sighs> I was hot, boy. For no reason. Granted, I was hot for no fucking reason. But it's whatever, because it's life. So, life's full of tales and stories, but it's those stories what define our character. This week's being, you got knocked the fuck out. Now, in my lifetime, I can directly identify me getting in a total of three fights. My entire life. 
and I will explain the. I mean, real life fights, and I will explain those fights. Now, now from a very young age, my mom put me in martial arts. Martial arts helped develop the basis of uh, learning how to how to square up with somebody. I guess you could say, but uh, I stopped after a while. It's whatever. The very first fight I can ever remember me getting in, I was in intermediate school. I don't know if that's a thing outside of Texas. If intermediate school is a thing like outside the state of Texas, because like I've never heard of a any place having an intermediate school. Intermediate school is like sixth and seventh grade for those of y'all who don't know. So I'm in intermediate school, and I used to get bullied like crazy. Partially my fault because I did I didn't know. How to properly express my emotions and or thoughts. I didn't know how to articulate thoughts either. So what I said came out the wrong way. And it was mad disrespectful. I can't even, I can't remember any any stuff to say, but any of the stuff I said, but I remembered how it came out. And like, I used to be like low-key hated in like intermediate school. That's what, that's what, that's a good Reason I didn't do too well in it. So, there was these kids, they was teasing me and teasing me. Every day I would come home to the teasing and the making fun of, and I would I just wasn't a fan of it. So, I can't remember how it happened, but one day they were making fun of me inside uh, the restroom, and I, just, I was just going for a piss. And then... I think I took a swing at one of these guys, and like I, I remember his name. I want to find. I want to find him today. I think that would be his name was Robert. I remember that he's a Hispanic guy. His name is Robert. Robert, if you ever listen to this, what's up? This nigga beat the brakes off me, bro. This nigga whooped my ass, bro. I can't remember how exactly I threw the punch, but however it is, I missed. I didn't land where I thought I was going to land, and this nigga started going to work. I'm talking about bink, 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 bink. A sixth grader shouldn't have hands like this. This nigga fucked me up. My mouth was bleeding. I had a busted lip. Crazy work. Crazy work. (laughs) Remember going home. My dad saw me. He was like, I know goddamn well my son didn't get fucked up at school. Are you pussy? (laughs) I'm just like, no. I'm not pussy. Like I just got whooped. I got fucked up, bro. What you want me to do? And it is like, nah, Gango. We not about to have this again. You better start preparing for that rematch. No son of mine about to lose in my house. So then I went on like a whole month training spree. I'm talking about my dad will have me reading books. Just books about business in general. And like every 10 minute break is like do push-ups. I, I give me give me 20 of them hoes right now. Right now. I'm like, why are you doing? I'm, I'm doing I'm doing the push. Like, bro, why are you doing this to me? I just I just I just lost, bro. Just let me let me take this L in peace. So I 
train, a train, a train for this rematch. Rematch never happened. But you know, after Robert fucked me up, bro. <laughs> I had to, like, outside looking in, people, people tested the gangster. People tested it. Because, like, this nigga got fucked up by Robert. Granted, Robert was a, at the time, he was in boxing. He was a sixth grader in boxing. I remember that. I remember that because he had, like, we used to have boxing matches at the school. And he would often uh, participate in some of these matches. Which, now that I think about it, my school was ghetto as fuck. <laughs> you having sixth graders box each other? <laughs> I'm talking about. Full ring, everything. Just, I mean, we have martial arts tournaments for, like, kitties. But, like, boxing is a different type of aggression. It's a different level of um, violence. So, people tried to test. Like, they people knew I was pussy and they just wanted to test it. And I let them. Until one day I had enough. Then I got into my second fight. Second fight, I guess, was... I think his name was Steve or Steven. Something like that. And then, like... I remember exactly where we were. We were in the gym. I was minding my business. I was I was doing gym class as best as I could. And this nigga was talking out the side of his neck. I remember that! I remember that. He was talking out the side of his neck and talking crazy. Like, bro, this nigga got fucked up by Robert, nigga. That nigga mad pussy. Could it, like, if it was me personally, wouldn't happen. Because, like, I was like, bro, shut the fuck up, bro. Chill. Like, I'm just trying to live my life. I'm a sixth grader. And I was like, and then, like, he was like, you ain't going to do nothing about it. And again, There it was. Somebody tried to test my gangster. Didn't like that. So I was like, bro, what you want to do? We can go outside. Me not knowing exactly what the fuck going outside meant. I thought just, I, 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 just, <laughs> I thought we was going to get to scrapping like there, but we wasn't trying to get in trouble. So we snuck out of the gym. I don't know how. This school was terrible. But like a group of five, six to seven graders just sneaking out the gym. Just sneaking out. Now you would have had lost kids somewhere. Anything could have happened to us. A pedophile could have drove by and picked all five of us up. And what were we going to do about it? Not a goddamn thing. That's what we were going to do. We were just going to get kidnapped. And be booty raped for the next 15 years of our life. This school did not give a fuck about these kids. They said, fuck these kids. So me and Steve. I'm going to call him Steven. Because that sounds better. Me and Steven. Outside the gym. He pulls up his pants. I'm like, what's up? And I was like, alright. Alright. I'm calm. I'm not going to get fucked up again. Nigga, I let that jab go. And this nigga fell back. I'm like, oh, oh. And like, I'm I'm an avid believer 
of not kicking the guy while he's down because again, this is a just it's just a stupid fight between between sixth graders. Like, what the fuck? It looked like me stomping a motherfucker out. I'm in sixth grade. Only things that I'm concerned with right now at life is Yu-Gi-Oh and Power Rangers. That's the that's my top priority. I'm not trying to stomp a nigga out. I don't live that life. I don't be gangbanging like that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't be repping those sets. So he falls down. Gets back up. He's like, okay, okay, lucky shot. I'm like, all right. Go back in. Hit him with a low kick. Then he got buckled. Like, like I, this is how you know I watch too much anime. After he buckled after that leg kick, he was looking up at me. I'm like, I'm about to end this man's whole career. Come in with the smoothest downward punch. And then I stopped right before I got to his face. I'm like, look, this fight's over. I'm done. Goodbye. Walked away. Walked away with my pride. Walked away with my pride back. The training my father made me endure, it paid off. I was no longer known as pussy. Then the word starts traveling around the school. Talking about, you know, Miles got them hands. He not pussy anymore. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like... I've always been that guy. I'm him. I'm really him. Don't test my gangster. Word gets back to Robert, and he was like, okay, okay, nigga been practicing. I see him. Form looking good. Still never got that rematch. Still never got that rematch. A couple years later, Transfer schools, and now I'm an actual middle school. The middle school I went to was ghetto as fuck, and but the perception of it was so nasty. You know, we talk about we talk a lot about instant. Uh, I can never say this fucking word. Institutionalization in the black community. I think now this is just going for the uh, middle and high schools that I went to. So take this with a grain of salt. I feel school conditions you in a way to institutionalize you. Get you to conform to the system that they've set out. Because the moment that I transferred schools from this intermediate school to this middle school, it was a different type of energy. And when I say that, what I mean is that this the inside of this school was literally built like a prison. You had checkpoints at the uh, the bus duck the, the bus dockets. You had checkpoints at the front front uh, door, and it was set up like no kid shall escape type stuff. It like and the way they paraded around the the administration. We'll say that the way the administration paraded around the school campus, it was as though it was a prison. Like you were not allowed to speak in school. You were not allowed to walk in the hallways. If they catch you 
in the hallways during class time. It was a big fucking deal. And I didn't go to no private school. This was a public fucking school. But I felt like this was a tactic made by uh, the schooling systems to, to a degree to break in the spirit of that young child. Now, granted, the school district that I went to was fairly bad. It was a fairly bad school district. I'm not saying that. I mean, like, this school district failed kids at an unequivocal level. Kids would be fighting, dying, gun violence, gang violence, etc. So that kind of warrants the little the strictness of of their policies at these schools. But if you if you're if you put a child in this type of environment, then they're going to react in a way to ensure their survival. Their survival. They don't give a fuck about their education. If I got to come to school worried about another kid bringing a blicky, then I like I fuck classes, fuck whatever. Fuck the Pythagorean theorem, fuck that shit. I'm trying to survive. And that's what it was. So, get to this middle school. Nobody knows me. That's good. I don't got a reputation. That's even better. I'ma just be quiet, do my work, whatever. But I'm still in that awkward stage of adolescent where I'm still weird. Meaning I like, I loved anime. I still love anime to this day. But like, I thought liking anime was like not a cool thing. And I didn't want to be labeled as outcast. So I tried my best to hide it. And it came out in weird ways. And I remember one day we were taking like the star or a tax test. One of the two. And there was this kid. Big tall guy. He kept throwing, like, while we were taking the test, the entire test, he kept throwing crayons at the back of my head. First, I started ignoring it. Then it persisted. Kept doing it. Now, granted, he didn't, this dude didn't deserve this. The other, there was two dudes. There was a tall guy, and then there was another dude. His name was LD. LD had nothing to do with this fucking situation. Nothing at all. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then it got one crayon too many. I turned around. I didn't know who was throwing it at the time. I just picked somebody and I start rushing. And then we started scrapping inside. Me and LD started scrapping in the uh in the classroom. People moving desk out the way. People recording. And then LD hit me with the cleanest tackle to the uh to the door. And I, I couldn't, he played football. I could I couldn't compete with that. What you think? I'm gonna put him in a lock. And then he just kept hitting my he, he, he hit the bink, 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 bink. Got fucked up. Second fight I done lost in life. I'm one and two right now. That's a sick combination. I can't I can't leave school with a losing streak. Now everybody think I'm pussy. Again, I'm back to where I fucking belong. Which trails me back into the story with my manager. 
look, guys. When confronted with resistance, resistance will be met. I'm getting older. My tolerance for bullshit starts to diminish by the day. Not only am I fighting against the social norms and uh, gender standards of the fuck is, of fucking society. I also got to go through society as being a black man. Looking over my shoulder, watching what I say. And I read this quote by Charlemagne to God. And it said something along the lines of, you know you're starting to grow when you stop caring about how your thoughts might affect others. How you're, or something, something along those lines. Actually, I'm going to look it up because I don't want to be wrong. And because Charlemagne, I, I look up, Charlemagne is that guy. I look up to Charlemagne the God so fucking much because not, not only as a creative, but like he is epitome of emotional intelligence he grows he like bro like he speaks with so much wisdom i love it sure maybe buy glasses of Charlemagne. accounts did i i might have Spelled Charlemagne wrong because I, I don't, I might not know how to spell Charlemagne the God. I'm gonna just put the God. <coughs> mm. There we go. Okay. So okay, take that's that's the word I was trying to say. He's an advocate for mental health. That's where we. That's where I was trying to go with it. Uh, I can't find a fucking quote. It's whatever. It's not important. But um, yeah. When com when com when confronted with resistance, resistance will be met. And the more I get, the older I get, the more I start to believe it. Because you're not going to, I'm not going to be quiet while you try to force me into submission. No, I'm going to speak out. I'm going to clap back because I feel like that's how they take the soul out of a man. When they, when they've broken his spirit and allowed him like he's allowed himself to just submit to the will of others that's how they break somebody in kind of like a horse which i watched concrete cowboy the other night because i was i was up had like copious amount of energy and i just i was just like yo let's watch some black movies and cow concrete cowboy was one of them and one of the characters uh she explained why the people of Philly on a Flounder Street have such a deep connection uh, with the horses is because back in slave days, uh, they used to tell the black slaves, hey, boy, go break that horse. Thinking that in order to, quote, unquote, break a horse, it meant to crush its spirit. 
to to make it believe that the only way it was going to survive was via via the the human owner force it into submission and if it was anything about submission black people know that and they understood the horse's spirit that they didn't want to be submitted they wanted to be free and that's how black people were able the black people in Philly were able to connect with the horses so well at least that's how it's laid out in the movie um great movie by the way if you need something to watch this week definitely go check out concrete cowboys but look at me over here talking about mental health and like my my struggles and shit i feel so intelligent ooh ooh i haven't made a dick joke at all I don't even know how how far deep we are, but like that's how I'm feeling. Like, so moral of the story: Are you a clapper? Are you a clapper? That 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 can be interpreted in so many ways. But again, when confronted with resistance, resistance should be met. Don't let the wills of others submit yours. Let your voice be heard loud and strong. And do not ever compromise yourself for another motherfucker. And that's word of God. All right. Whoa, hold it there. Let's take a quick break to pay some bills. This episode is proudly sponsored by the patrons on Patreon. Join our Patreon, guys, and get access to hours of unreleased bonus content. We have our $1 tier, a.k.a. the kingdom of our Patreon. And the reason why we do this, it gives you access to our main podcast shoutouts and bonus podcasts. Not only that, you also get access to our Discord server. And then we also have our $5 tier where you get all the above and plus access to ask us questions via our Discord. And last but certainly not least, we have our $10 tier, which gives you access to weekly vlogs and exclusive VIP access to any future events that we will be holding. So join our Patreon today, guys, and support us and the podcast. All right, from one asshole to another, am I the asshole for treating my son's girlfriend like a daughter while excluding his sister? Ooh, this is interesting. Let's get into it. I, 60-year-old male, have I or have what I consider to be four children. My first wife had two children, Paul and Ruby, before we married because I loved her. And I loved those children as my own. In our marriage, we had one, Lucas. When Lucas was four, my then-wife decided that since we got married in our mid-twenties, we'd had married too young, and she needed some time to figure out herself. It devastated me, but we remained cordial, and we've been amazing co-parents. For all these years, I've treated Paul and Ruby like they were my own children, and they have keys to my home. The problem now has to do with Charlotte, my youngest son's girlfriend. Charlotte and Lucas have been friends since they were in seventh grade, and they started dating in the ninth grade. Me and my current wife became legal guardians of Charlotte due to to abuse at her house, and we unofficially adopted her when she was 14. She's my fourth child. Okay, that's context. Uh, For all my children, I paid their college education, got them cars on their 16th birthdays, you name it. Lucas and Charlotte went to medical school, and I paid their tuition. They're in residency residency now, 
and I pay for rent for the both of their apartments. Oh my God, you're a fantastic fucking father. Oh my, bless you, sir. My ex-wife likes likes Charlotte, but the other day she told me she needed to start helping out Marissa the way I helped out Charlotte. I was shocked because in more than 30 years I've known her, she's never demanded anything. And Marissa is the child she has with her current husband, so I don't feel any obligation toward Marissa. I told my ex-wife that Marissa is not my child and that I want the best for her because she's half sister of my three of of she's the half sister of three of my children, but I would not become true words, nigga, like goddamn. The word's not wording right now, but I would not be contributing financially. I told my ex that whatever money she saved from me treating Paul and Ruby as my own children, she needs to contribute that to savings towards Marissa. I mentioned how she didn't have to pay for anything regarding the two of them and the time that she's known me. Her response was that Charlotte is not my daughter until Lucas marries her and that I'm punishing Marissa because of who her father is. I could afford to help Marissa, but I choose not. And I've never had a fight with my ex until now. It makes me concerned about how Lucas will view me or already views me for not helping his sister out. What should I do? My guy. Sir. You are fucking fine. That's and I believe that. I believe that. Because if that's my, first of all, that's not my kid. At the end of the day, that's not my DNA. Do I love her any less? No. We spent damn near 30 years together. Cope, not only co-parenting, but also like, like there was a relationship spark, whatever you want to call it, prior I've grown up assuming that I was going to be like raising her, but now, now that we're older, we're more mature. That's not the case. If you want, if Marissa wants to be taken care of, you should ask her fucking father. That's not me. That is not my responsibility. Now, did I do it for my own kids? Yes, of course. I take care of them because they're my responsibilities. Even though they're grown as adults, at the end of the day, they're my blood. And blood is thicker than water. Now, I don't know, dude. I don't know, bro, being the father of Marissa. But that is his kid. She has her own struggles. My kids are my kids, and I I assist them with theirs in the best way that I can possible. If you want somebody to help, ask the father. Y'all come up with a game plan. I'm not in your life. Our kids are grown. They out of of the house. Yes, I still take care of them because those are my babies. Again, now, do I love Marissa any less? No, no. I damn near raised her for like half of her life. A quarter of her life. But when you have another man in the house that's providing for them, what do you expect me to do? That's all I'm saying. So, in our verdict, sir, 
So in our verdict, sir, you are not the asshole. Court has been adjourned. Y'all already know. Let's get into some topics. Oh, so much stuff happened. I got through most of the stuff I wanted to talk about for like pre-pod show. But let's talk about the ick. The ick is something I've always known about. I've always heard about, especially from women. Guys, if you don't know what the ick is, the ick is a feeling or notion that can be given via via partner. We'll say that. Via partner. Where somebody can say something or somebody can do something and it automatically sends bad vibes to your partner. With this being case, uh most most of the mostly women refer to this feeling as the ick. None. Rarely guys say ick. Like I get I get icks for stupid reasons, but like you could sneeze funny. Oh that nigga gave me the ick. Now she cuts you off, she blocks you off. I'm pretty sure I didn't think I didn't gave the ick to multiple women. Actually, I'ma tell you a woman what was this? A couple months ago, I went on a date with somebody, gave them the ick off rip. They had date wasn't even like ten minutes long. It all around. We went out. Uh, I, I showed her clips of the podcast. She went to the restroom. Bitch never came back. Gave her the ick. That's perfectly fine. Again, we don't fault people for people's faults. So it is what it is. <laughs> Granted, I do got a lot of fucked up clips. I have a lot, a lot of fucked up clips. By the way, the clip about the retarded girl going crazy right now. I love that. Love that for me. <laughs> but now, anything could give somebody the egg. For me, here's some like this, like just going off the top of the head. Some things I think I consider to, that give me the ick. Uh, Clinginess after like a week. Don't like that because you don't know me. Talking about like, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that. So you don't know me because like, why? I understand like me. You are developing a connection. I'm like, but you're not supposed to say you love me in the first week. I get that. I get that happen more often than not, and that gives me the ick like crazy. Like, I can't tell you how many dates that I've been on with a girl, and she hit me with. The, you know, you just treat me so differently than any guy's ever treated me before. I've never been on the date. Stop the cap. That's what we need on this soundboard is stop the cap. I've never been on a date before, and you're just so nice. And, like, I, I really see a future with you. Like, Bitch, you barely know me. The fuck are you talking about? I'm the one. Don't like that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She give me, she give me the, she giving me the ick. Don't like that. What's something that gives you the ick? Let me know. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a put a, I'm a put a poll in this episode, and y'all just let me know what gives y'all the ick. Not a poll, a question thing in this episode. So go to the episode description, look at it, and comment on what gives you the ick. The poll will be up until the for about a week. I'm, a, I'm gonna leave it up there for about a week, or maybe longer. We'll see. I praise the people that are steadily shooters. Whatever they go, whatever they do, they a motherfucking shooter. I respect it. I respect the game. But what we not going to do is shooting bad shots at our servers. Because, guys, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And I'm, it's been happening for who knows how long. You go out to a nice restaurant, you got a nice, fine-looking server or bartender, whatever. Yeah, 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 kicking game. You're you doing, you chopping it up, or you think you chopping it up. Then you get ready to leave. The server or bartender gives you the check. First of all, y'all done fucked up on two, two different accounts. It's not everybody. This is a, a portion of people. We'll say that a portion of people do this. First of all, if you flirting with the server slash bartender and you don't tip her well, what what incentive does she have to like, oh, I should probably call this guy again? Now, we say I say tipping well, that don't mean I gotta tip you a hundred dollars. If you're not balling like that, don't 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 shoot like that. But like, let's say the bill thirty thirty five dollars. Okay, I'm at least leave like a, a a ten, right? That math to me, that math is mathing. Because if I pull it, like, okay, he's a solid tipper. Let's see, is that math mathing for real though? Like, I need I need to know. I need to know because I'm bad at math. Okay, thirty five. Times point. Oh yeah, ten dollars. Great, you're doing good. Like that's a solid tip. A tip or something that like incentivizes her. Like yo, I probably should hit up bro again. And then and then it's like so. Then they'll leave the number on like when they give the receipt back, they'll leave their number somewhere on one of the corners of this receipt, talking about a hey, call me. With a little smiley face, and it has it has their phone number. Like, one, if you leave me a bad tip, why the fuck am I going to call you? I don't want, I don't want, that, I don't want that bad body on my belt. Mm-mm. You tip bad, so you must give bad dick. Don't want that. <laughs> like, where, where did that play? <laughs> Here's the dick joke. There, there's the dick jokes. We love it. We love to see it. You tip bad, so you might. <laughs> but no, for real. Promote. I promote good service. Even if the service is bad, I'm not gonna be an asshole because I understand what it's like working as a server and or bartender. I understand. We out here hustling. Dealing with people we don't want to be dealing with. So, I'm at least tip 
something for their time. I'm not about to. I think it's disrespectful when motherfuckers be like, they hand you a bill and be like, keep the change. Bitch, this is 63 cent. The fuck am I going to do with 63 cent? You think we in the 80s? Fuck out of here. Like, I hate motherfuckers like that. But it is what it is. One of the greatest mysteries in life. Anytime I'm out, particularly with my female friends, or I just happen to be out with females around. And they all decide to get up. And as a collective, go to the restroom. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? That's weird. Don't like. Wait, wait. <laughs> like, what happened into these women's restrooms? Now, growing up, I've always had this perception that women's restrooms were nice because when my mama used to take me everywhere when I was a youngin' and, like, I couldn't pee by myself, so she would take me in the women's restroom. These I remember these women's restrooms being immaculate. I'm talking about bright lights, clean mirrors, glistening floors, couches on the side. That's fucking beautiful. I wish we had a couch inside the men's restroom. Not to that, not I. It'd be piss on that couch. That couch would be smelling horrid. I always had this perception that women's restrooms were exceptionally nice. And growing up, kind of just drafted the thought, like, yo, why, why is like, why is this happening like, why are they going, like, they must be over there just chilling in the restroom, laying up on the couch. Like, they gone for a while. And it's not like y'all just taking a little tinkle. Nah, y'all, y'all be going there five, ten plus minutes. Like, damn, bitch. Damn, bitch. Y'all was in the restroom for a minute. What do y'all do in the restroom? Now, 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 girl did tell me that, like, they be having girl talk in the restroom. Which is weird. Like, I, I I get it. I get it. Especially if you're on a date or something of that nature. Like, oh, my God, boy, yeah, he's cute. This, that, and the third conversation is boring. I get it. We need, we need a team rendezvous in order to figure out how we feeling about this. Do we need to dip or are we staying? Is it vibes? I understand. I understand, because one, you can't just directly text me. That looks sus. Why are we doing that? As grown-ass adults, why are we texting each other and we're sitting right next to each other? It's a little rude. I'm going to just put that out there. Social, social societal standards. So just go to the restroom. We have that privacy, whatever. And I also hear that, like, some of the, like, some of the greatest drunk girl conversations Happen in, in in the women's restroom, which I kind of want to go inside now. Like, whoa, 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 whoa! Listen, listen. I'm not a creeper. I just want to know. I'm I'm very inquisitive in nature. I just want to know what's being talked about and what's being said. I'm a nosy motherfucker. I don't give a fuck about you, bitches, coochies. I'm here for the tea, bitch. I'm here for the tea. 
I want to know who fucking who. Why is Sarah walking with a dip in her hip? I need to know. Oh. <laughs> Have y'all seen Sidewalk TV? Or is it no? No, it's definitely side. It's, it's side talk NYC. That's what it is. Side talk NYC. Is that it's it's the same guys that uh like earlier or I guess later last year it was like when you see these dogs in your yard, <laughs> just know I'm upstairs going hard. Bing bong, like them guys, them guys. They're on side talk NYC, and their street interviews. Lead me to believe that New York is not a real place. Like, where in this fantastical, magical plane exists the city of New York? These motherfuckers is wilded. They have, first of all, what I'm assuming to be the wee hours of the morning, they have a little bit too much energy, and they started wilding. Like some of these NYC side talk conversations, interviews are crazy. Hold up, hold up. Let's let's see if we if we can find one. Cause I think we can. My life has never been the same. Cause girl, you came and changed the way I walk, the way I talk, and I cannot explain. Michael Jackson put crack inside of his music. I'm convinced that every Michael Jackson song is sprinkled with just a dash of crack. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the first three. How many sources did you weigh? Zero. <laughs> you know. Do you think you can handle that? No, I can handle that. I know I can. Oh, you Are think you so? Dumb? Oh, Are you dumb? Am I dumb? How many sources did you weigh? There we go. Everybody's getting balls in their mouth. Those are the best balls ever. Give them the ball. Listen, I'm Mike Oprah. You get a ball. You get a ball. You get a ball. There we go, every- All right, tell us who you are. Yo, Bo, we outside. I'm Lil AGs. Come on, man. If you don't know about me, I'm a rapper. Your rapper, favorite trapper, trapper, favorite rapper. What are you looking for in the perfect female? She's got to be perfect. Come on. P- perfect personality. Pretty. But a fat ass too, respectfully. All right, tell us who you are. This kid is a little bit too young to be out here on these streets of New York. And he walked, he rocking a fucking Gucci Supreme fucking do-rag. What, are, what waves are you trying to get? This is a little white boy. Yo, bro. If you got sketches on, get out my face, bro. Oh, bro. Oh, bro, 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 bro. Not Terry, yo. If you got sketches on. Not Terry, on it. <laughs> Stop talking. Zero. There we go. How Terry, how doing? In life right now is he still killing it is he is, is stereo that's the title of this episode is stereo still killing it or killing him i don't know Ooh, kill him oh kill him <laughs> some trends of the internet can never go away and I feel like it makes me think of about the stigmatism that's created around these people that go social media famous. What are, what happens to their lives after? Like, for example, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about the 21 kid who fucking killed himself after 
getting fucking bullied to death. Literally. Uh, but, like, what happens to those people? Do they just continue to ride their their ride of fame all the way up to the top? Or do or is it just, like, the 15 seconds of fame type shit? It makes me wonder. And it makes me scared. Because once this podcast and once all the other avenues of uh, content creation that I have start popping off and people start recognizing me and associating me with a brand like, oh, crazy... How does the mental acclimate to that status of fame? It makes me very nervous and anxious for that because people people change when uh, I think clout changes people. There we go. That's that's what it does. I think clout changes people for the better or for the worse or or better yet, better statement. I think clout makes somebody more of what they are. Deep down inside. So if you're probably a piece of shit and you get all this money, you get all this accolades, you get all this fame, you're going to be even more of a piece of shit because now like you you don't have those constraints binding you. You don't you now you have the money to literally tell a person to shut the fuck up. You know how much money you have to make to, in order to tell a person to confidently shut the fuck up and they do it. That's a lot of fucking money. I have quiet please money. Not the same. Not the same at all. Oh, let's get into some music. So, so, this past week, phenomenal movie done dropped. The name of this movie is Say It With Me Now. Intergalactic. It's on Netflix. Definitely go check it out. It's a movie produced by Kid Cudi. Now, Cudi possibly done dropped his very last project on Intergalactic. And if I had to describe this album, though the name of the album and the name of the movie are both synonymous, and they perfectly encapsulate what this album is. It's Intergalactic. Uh, it has a lot of nice spacey tones inside of it. When I say spacey, I do mean like he uses a lot of airy, over-breathing and under-breathing under the, on these tracks to give it kind of like a spacey feel. You feel me? Uh, I think it's about 14, 14 uh, tracks long. And all the tracks are, majority of the tracks, I'll say. Majority of the tracks are like under two minutes. Or under three minutes, most definitely. But, like, they touch in that two minutes and 30 second mark. And they're all good. They're all good. I love them. Some Like, I think my favorite song on this album is probably Angel. And definitely because it's a... The movie is a visual representation of the album. So, both of them are very, very much synonymous. Uh, it tells the story of the main character, like in the in the in the movie, like he starts off, he just gets out this relationship with uh his ex, and he's been single for the past five six months, doing him and doing great. He sees his ex, and he kind of reminisces about their love, 
doesn't want to go back, but thinks that they can be cordial, ends up falling in love with his neighbor and discovering something more in that relationship than what he initially thought, all the while maintaining his high-end job that he has and finding trying to find balance in the both. It's a great movie. It's a great black movie. Uh, definitely, and it's touched with the Miles Morales animation, which makes it visually stunning. So definitely go check it out if you need something to listen and or watch to. But one of my favorite songs on this track is definitely Angel. I'm going to play you a little snippet. Like you'll hear it like the little. Hold on. And it's Kid Cudi. So, you know, he's got that, a lot of that humming inside of his projects. I'll get the fucking point but i definitely think y'all should um go check out the project it's a great phenomenal project both the movie and the tv show oh i said movie and tv show movie and fucking album all right all right guys that's uh that's i'm about i'm about gassed out for this for this episode definitely guys make sure y'all liking the podcast comment down on the reviews page leave us a rate because that helps us move up in the algorithm as y'all know and believe i'm trying to think yeah fuck it fuck it we gonna we gonna we gonna leave off on a high note so as always it's the entangled thoughts podcast and remember guys keep them thoughts out your bed and keep them in your mind Jimmy Drake, take us out. Yeah. Life. Life is the only thing we need. They need me to go, but I don't want to leave. Rest in peace, little Keith. Fuck a pigeonhole, I'm a night out, it's a different mode. I'ma have to make a paint of six on a pinky toe. Heard you with a shooting guard, just let a nigga know. I would have your court side, not the middle row. All good love in a minute though. I can't stress about no bitch cause I'm a timid soul. Plus I'm cooking up ambition on the kitchen stove. Pot start to bubble, see the suds, that shit good to go. Post sound suave, but I can't get me cold. Bro, thank you John Wayne. I bought them yellow stones, love the way they hang, babe. For the silicone, everybody fake now. You could crack the code, bust down everything. Setting rose gold, dread talking to you niggas. Like I'm J. Cole, I could tell her head good before I even know. Bitch, don't tell me that you model if you ain't been involved. 
Gotta throw a party for my day ones. They ain't in the studio, but they'll lay some. Rest in peace to Drama King. We were straight stunned. Y'all don't like the way I talk. Niggas say something. Gotta throw a party for my day ones. Pull up and you know it's us, the bass jumping. Y'all don't like the way I talk and say something. Look at my face, nigga. Gotta throw a party for my day ones. They ain't in the studio, but they'll lay some. Rest in peace, the drama king. We was straight stunned. If I let my nigga 21 tell it, you a pussy. Spin a block twice like it ain't nowhere to park. Smack the back side of his head like he barked. Hey, you made it to the end of the pod. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, give us a rate on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts and give us a follow and turn the notifications on so you never miss another episode. I can't wait to see you again. Remember, keep them thoughts out your bed and keep them in your mind.